0: like to
1: lab. we'd we'd like to tell you about lab. clear but we can't because You're doomed. You're doomed. You're doomed. Lab. it's one show that speaks for itself on this.
0: Cop lab. just jump in
1: Cop lab. friday 87 central only on nick
2: Wake up, the masters! Pick it up, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up! Welcome to Splat Attack, a 90s podcast honoring the slime filled past. I'm your comic book page turner, Brett.
1: And I'm your comic book co host who shows the most boast, Alex. And Brett! Yes, Alex? What brought us into the inked and colored world of Kablam today?
2: Well, considering we just covered a comic-themed Are You Afraid of Dark versus Goosebump episode not too long ago, the versus match reminded me of some memories I had reading comics growing up, along with this one. You know, a totally zany show featuring various animated shorts within the span of 24 minutes. I'm talking, of course, about Kablam. It's pretty <laughs> much a comic book that's come to life. What more would you want?
1: Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Oh, wow. it's it's, <laughs> pra- it's practically a living comic book. It's got all sorts of wild adventures packed into each page. And Henry and June let us viewers know that it's always a surprise, no matter what we see on the other side.
2: Well, speaking of the dynamic duo, do you know where they went?
1: Uh, I, I believe they went to get our guest for this episode. Uh, Mr. Foote said that there were three people dying to get into these pages again, so obviously you and I are here, so just around the comic book of this of the show has got to be somebody else. All right. <laughs> Paper cut.
2: Oh, oh, look who it is. Uh, it's our friend Zach, who was previously on our favorite Nicktoons episode and I'm the mayor. Don't forget me, the most important character. <laughs> hey, Welcome guys. back, Zach. How are you doing? Good to be back. Awesome. I'm great. Well, we're uh, happy to hear, happy to have you here again. And, uh, <laughs> you know, we might as well just dive right into it. What are your earliest memories of uh, Kablam growing up in the 90s? Uh, I thought it was fantastic. I mean, it was such a, you know,
0: different mix from what was usually on. I mean, you normally stuck with like the half hour block of the same cartoon and then they matched, they mixed it up. It gave me like really uh like liquid television vibes, which I loved liquid television when I was growing up. Like I was too little to be watching it, but it was great seeing all these different styles of animation. And so when Kablam! came out, I was like instantly hooked. And then when I saw Action League Now, I was like, this is it. This is my show. Like, I gotta catch it every time it's on. I'm gonna be sad if I miss it. Like, you know all of that. It was just such a great experience and I got nothing but good memories about it.
2: That's awesome. Yeah, I I feel like my memories echoed those sentiments act because uh I I mean, I grew up just loving cartoons and animation of all walks of life whether it's like motion or motionless and uh because I used to watch a lot of MTV while my uncle Phil babysat me growing up. No, not the one from Fresh Prince, the one in my family. Um <laughs> Uh, I I got exposed to a lot of different things I was unfamiliar with before, including uh, MTV's Oddities, Liquid Television, of course, which you had mentioned, uh, What a Cartoon Show, and all these other different cartoon anthologies that just seemed to be popping out of nowhere in the mid-90s. And once uh, Kablam! showed up on Nickelodeon, I was like, ooh, I like this music, I like these characters, look at all these different things I'm seeing, I'm here for this. And it was just like... You know, more more sugar to hype me up even more than my Saturday morning cereal could. I just loved every moment of it.
0: Have you ever seen any of the uh, Spike and Mike uh, animation DVDs? Have you seen those? The Spike and Mike animation festival shows?
2: Yeah, it sounds familiar.
0: Um, Those are really cool, too. There's a bunch of them, but they're all different styles of animation. Like it fits right into the, the vibe.
2: Yeah, I remember. Talking about with some fellow animators at my college growing up, but I never had a chance to like go to one of the film festivals. The closest thing I got to that was like getting a DVD box set of uh, the Animation Show, which was something Mike Judge. Oh
0: yeah, with Don Hertzfeldt and Mike Judge on there, I had that too.
2: Independent films compiled together. Yeah. It was just a little popcorn guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: for me, uh, my first memory of anything related to Kablam! is actually all that. Uh, Because Action League Now was a very, very short-lived segment on all that before Kablam! became a thing.
0: They're plastic, they're fantastic, they're fantastic! Here's Action League Now!
1: And I remember really, really loving that Action League Now segment uh, that was on all that, and I wanted to see more. And it just so happened that my brother, again, who I've mentioned several times on the show, he walked into the room. He he would enjoy all that, but it wasn't quite his thing. By this point, he was well past the Nickelodeon kids' show phase. But every once in a while, he would enjoy it, uh, especially all that, especially Good Burger. We went to go to the movies to see the Good Burger movie. So he would chime in every once in a while. And Action League now came on, and he was very confused and this just looks stupid and i hate every bit of this and then he just left and then i was really disappointed that i there really wasn't any more action league now on kablam and i wanted to see more and then I remember seeing a commercial for a brand new kind of cartoon, and I saw Action League Now was going to be on it. And then that—that that was all I needed. I was hooked immediately. That I, I'm going to Kablam to watch Action League Now, and and then once uh, once I started watching the show to see all these other segments and all these other animation styles, uh, much like the two of you have said, I really loved it. Uh, I loved the variety that was there, and and they're all very bite-sized, so the pace is quick in all of them, and you never fully know what to expect. And uh, I was not familiar with Liquid Television when I was a kid, but it did remind me of a lot of the a combination of the shorts that Nickelodeon would play during the day. And then also a lot of the, uh, snick snacks that they would play. Uh, because the, they, they used to play a lot of the old shorts, uh, like the dog sleeping and, uh, the sports cartoons. They always had fun little. And then uh, in the early nineties, not not like super early, but like 93, 94, 95, they would have just other little segments of like the, the girl coming up and singing a, a poem in, a, in the cafeteria or they would do uh, poetry in motion. And then they would do kind of a blend of uh, live action with some uh, animation on top of it. And then over in Snick Snack, you had all kinds of different things, live action, uh, stop motion. And it reminded me of a combination of all those things. And this was just one place to focus all of it. And I, I couldn't get enough of it. And then my brother walked in again when Action League Now was on. And he, this time, though, he didn't walk away. And then right after Action League Now was Prometheus and Bob. And my brother lost his mind. He was cackling at Prometheus and Bob. And that's when he said, what show is this? And, of course, as soon as he said that,
2: go Yes. There
1: you
2: go. Yeah, little Pete going through the time tunnel to uh, Prometheus and Bob's time. Love it.
1: And I believe that was the last Nickelodeon show that my brother and I really bonded over uh, before I faced out of it. And then well we just stopped, I stopped watching altogether, as did he. So this was our our last big hurrah together for anything childlike.
2: Well, you definitely ended on a high note, Alex, because there's something for everyone here. Just so much tons of fun through the variety and independent animation made with a lot of heart. And you said you saw Good Burger in the theater. How cool was it to see Action League on
0: the big screen? Well, they didn't. Uh, did they have Action League as a short on the big screen? Yes, they had like the the baby short, like with the kiss and stuff. That was at the beginning of uh, Good Burger. With Kiss? The I, yes. Baby Mad! I
1: don't remember this being part of the show, but I like it.
0: That was the first movie I went to the theater and saw twice because Action League was at the beginning of it, and I couldn't believe it. I completely
1: forgot about that. I remembered Hey Arnold at the beginning of Harriet the Spy. Check out Nickelodeon's first movie ever, Harriet the Spy. Now playing in theaters
0: everywhere. And be the first kid on your block to get a sneak peek at Nick's newest Nicktoon, coming this fall to Nickelodeon. Don't miss Harriet the Spy, plus a
1: special sneak peek at Hey Arnold. Now playing at a theater near you. Rated PG but i had completely forgotten until now i mean i knew i have the 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 kiss segment i actually referenced it in one of our other episodes but i had completely forgot it was at the beginning of good burger until just this very second
0: yeah, it blew my mind when i was a kid at the
1: theater i was like i'm seeing this again immediately i remember i remember why i don't remember it because we came in at the tail end of it uh, because my brother, as much as I love him, he has a, a really bad reputation for being <laughs> right on time or just a yeah. little too it late. Was, it was there. And uh, and I remember coming in right at the tail end of it, and and I didn't even get a chance to really take in what was going on, because then we got our seats and had to get the popcorn and get situated, and by the time we did, it was over. So I, I didn't get to... I remember now that you pointed out, I remember walking in and seeing that it was on there, and being a bit disappointed and uh, thought that i i had missed the the movie like you were we're so late you made us miss the movie i didn't that's it, just it's just a short I'm like oh okay Wow, all,
2: all these memories of seeing Good Burger in theaters, I'm surprised I didn't remember Action League now there because I saw it with my cousin Kate and my aunt and my sister and we were just like quoting it the entire time on the way to the theater and I have no memory of it whatsoever, but I feel like I would have loved it if I, if I could remember it, um, that particular short, but I think I did see it later on, it was really good. I only remember that's the first movie I saw twice in the theater and that was like one of the main reasons. I couldn't believe it was on the big screen. And it's a good reason too. I mean, it, it certainly helped that it actually now was tied to all that because eventually got its own uh, spinoff after it was done on Kablam. So a lot of its exposure really helped it grow as a short into a series.
1: I remember my friends kind of getting into it, but that one felt more niche. Uh, because everybody watched Nickelodeon. Everyone my age still watched Nickelodeon, like I'm sure many of us did. But not as many people would watch that one. It, it wasn't as well loved as the the main Nick tunes like Doug. And by this point, everybody was starting to get into Hey Arnold, and um, and Mysteries Files of Shelby Woo. I didn't have as many friends who were watching that one because I think they were all they all also were starting to grow up um and and they got bored during mystery foul shabu at least my class was um sorry and, dirty. <laughs> yeah and, and i i enjoyed it but most of my classmates didn't really care for it and the same with kablam it was mm-hmm. just too different and mm-hmm. i yeah, think outside the box. I the, box. I the box and i i was like are you guys nuts but i i had a I mean, I'm a bit eclectic and weird as it is anyway, so my choice in friends, they were all... I mean, we we would go around... (laughs) We'd go around the playground, and one person would (laughs) be... while the other one would go, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> and we'd like walk into a tree or something stupid and, <laughs> and, the, and the teachers would be watching us at recess going okay guys you need to stop you and, and they thought yeah, we killing were some
2: brain cells <laughs> they,
1: they thought we were making fun of somebody and we were like right, no yeah, we're, exactly. we're 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 not this isn't a show okay just don't do that anymore i was like okay
2: Well, I'm sure we'll be mentioning many of these uh, much later when we get to our countdown list because we are here to talk about our top five uh, Kablam shorts, but before we get into that, we're going to do a short series overview uh, thanks to the help of Manny who helped me make the show notes for this episode. Uh, And this used to be a retrospective before we retrofitted it because I didn't want to have a retrospective after another retrospective. You know how I feel about two episodes in a row of the same format.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, how how old
2: is the show now? I mean, it hit another milestone. Uh, like, we're almost 28 years. I, a uh, little over, because its anniversary is October 11th. Yeah. But then Action League predates it, right? Because it goes back to the all-bad all days. Yes. So it's going to hit its 30th, um, like, around April this coming year? Maybe June? Or... Uh... For Kablam! or or
1: all that? Uh, For for all that, when Action League Now made its initial debut. Okay, Mm -hmm. okay.
0: Because I was going to say Kablam! It was right off the gate. Like, that was one of the the segments.
2: Yes, yes it was. Alrighty, well let's uh, get into our short series overdue without further ado. The series was created by Robert Mittenthal from Welcome Freshman, Will McRob from Pete and Pete slash Ren and Snippy, and Chris Viscardi, who is also from Pete and Pete along with Henry and June characters and animation being done by Mark Merrick, someone who has a unique art style you can't unrecognize, usually through the bright colors, solid shapes, um, 1950s art deco kind of look, and broken lines. It's very expressive and nothing else like it. Kablam! premiered on October 11, 1996, just as the golden era of Nick began to turn the tides. The show's animated anthology, wrapped together by sketches and hosted by the young cartoon duo Henry and June, one who has an upper hand, June, and the other who just falls short, Henry. And of course the right-hand stagehand man, or beast, quote-unquote Mr. Foot, is here to help out too. Henry and June were mainly there to both amuse and guide the viewer to what they might expect from an animated comic book. Kablam! ran for four seasons, totaling 48 episodes. The final episode was broadcast on January 22, 2000. We'll get more in-depth for a series retrospective in our time though, But for this episode, we'll be focusing on our top five shorts! In case you need a refresher, here's a list of the shorts Kablam was famous for. There are 25 different short series across the show's run, but we'll break them down in terms of their significance and frequency. So starting off with the most popular shorts, we have Action League Now right out of the gate as you said. The series follows the adventures of a superhero league composed of various misfit action figures, toys, and dolls as they attempt to thwart the everyday menace, the mayor, with comical effect. It's kind of like an indie version of Toy Story, only a lot less CGI, and a sheen of slapstick humor. The short series has a whopping 124 entries, 126 if you include two pilot sketches from All That from 1995, and 138 if you include the 1998 spinoff series. We also have Life with Loopy, which is a short that featured mixed media stop motion animated puppets with flatheads and live live action elements added to the daily activities of a suburban family. The creator, Stephen Holman, based the shorts on Loopy's brother, Larry Cooper, narrating these crazy stories that happened to his seven year old sister, Loopy Cooper, and how she overcame strange obstacles happening within the confines of her house. 36 of these shorts aired a come blam, with one being a half-hour special, Life with Loopy Birthday Gala Birthday Celebration. <laughs> Say that 10 times fast. <laughs> right. In addition, we have Prometheus and Bob, which is also a stop-motion animated segment created by Kote Zellers. It revolves around a series of top-secret video recordings from 900,000 years ago by an alien using a remote-control camera. In the many tapes, Prometheus attempts to educate a simple caveman named Bob while their unnamed monkey friend meddles in their experiments, too. 41 segments of this short exist, with three of them containing two tapes inside a single segment. And lastly, for the more popular ones, we have Sniz and Fondue, a short series revolving around the day-to-day lives of two suburban fair-esque roommates, Sniz Bronkowski and Squeaky Fondue. One of them is a wild, mischievous troublemaker, and the other one is a level-headed, yet riddled with anxiety, straight man. Each is characterized by their green mohawk and blue tall hat, respectively. Occasionally, they have other housemates, such as Bianca and her boyfriend Snoopa, join in on their misadventures, too. 24 segments aired on Kablam, while a pilot called Sykes for Snoopa was created in 1992, four years before Kablam's initial airing. Alex, would you like to read the short-lived shorts for us?
1: Certainly. Uh, We have the Adventures of Patchhead. Uh, This was created by Greg Harrison. It features a young boy named Patchhead, imagine that, who wears a watermelon shell on his head and engages in bizarre adventures in a southern community. Now, only five segments of this were made, two of which aired on Kablam. This one is probably the most notorious of uh, Kablam. Angela Anaconda. Angela. Yeah. <laughs> there, see? There you go. Angela is a <laughs> whiny, unkept girl who fixates on besting a popular girl in school. All right, help me out here. Nanette Manure? <laughs> manure?
2: You mean Manoir?
1: No, I, I said Manure just fine. <laughs> Might <laughs> as well be. <laughs> Two segments of this short exist on Kablam in 1996 and through 97 uh, before being picked up for a series on why on fox <laughs> family channel in uh, 99 and 2000 running for an ungodly 65 episodes admittedly the series was a couple of steps up in quality from the original segments that was on uh kablam uh, stepping away from that which shall not be named we have <laughs> <laughs> we have jet cat a young girl named Melanie McKay uh, has a secret identity as the superhero Jet Cat, where she flies like a jet and fights like a cat. Four segments exist on Kablam, and it was derived from J. Stevens' Canadian comic strip Oddville in 1994, four years prior to its Kablam debut. Uh, only two left. We have one called Lava! <laughs> With an exclamation point. Uh, Part of the surprising shorts subgenre of the Kablam shorts, these highly stylized cartoon animals focus on the absurdity and humor of simple random moments. Uh, Most of these shorts are no longer than one minute in length, giving just enough time for them to perform an action with an unexpected punchline. All right. Here we go with the name. Uh, It was created by Federico Vitali. I hope Federico. Federico. Fred 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 the Fred, Fred, Week. Fred Flintstone. <laughs> Fred the Fred, week. Oh Fredwick! And the original title for it was called Guano. Guano! That sounds so familiar. Backdroppings. Back when it aired in Canada in 91 before being picked up by Kablam. Of all the surprising shorts. This and The Adventures of Patchhead are the only two to cross more than one season of the show. In total, 50 of these shorts were made, but most of them are lost to time due to rights expiring in 97 after their original run. Some still survive on Paramount Plus uh, with edits of the main episode, while others are preserved by diligent 90s Nick archivists on YouTube, Dailymotion, and other video platforms. And uh, the last of these particular segments is the Offbeats, uh, another short with abstract backgrounds, but with a group of young adolescents who deal with day-to-day problems in unusual ways, where average kids hanging out try to stay away from a rival group known as the Populars. Ten of these segments appeared on Kablam, while three appeared as standalones, usually during Snick Snack Snack segments and one as a half-hour Valentine's Day special.
2: Ever had a total crush that you had to keep secret?
0: Sure,
1: but all this sneaking around is driving me crazy. It's a Nicolicious story of forbidden love. The all Valentine's special, this Friday at eight in the Niccolo Zone. Yeah, that's a heartbreaker.
2: And lastly, we'll talk about our one-off uh, category of shorts, which I like to call, don't get caught with your pants down twice because shorts, and there's only one. <laughs> so starting off with these bunch of Kaplam shorts, we have Anemia and Iodine, which are a cat and uh, I don't know what this character is. It's, it's a beige looking thing with a big nose and she's kind of short. <laughs> Maybe a possum. I don't know. You can figure it out. <laughs> and also her uh, hyperactive brother, Dropsy, uh, they all visit a spooky house called Malaria Manor while searching inside of it for all sorts of paranormal activities uh this one they end up finding a kitty while trying to conjure up ghosts using their ouija board and uh there's a surprising twist at the end that i'll have to save for you to watch to find out (laughs) in addition we have the brothers tiki which involved two astronaut tiki siblings called tiki knots which land on earth in response to a distress signal and now they must keep their cover from a girl who thinks they're puppets it aired as a two-part segment between Season 2 episodes, Get Sam Donaldson's Mystery Bag, and Cramming Cartoons Since 1627. How do they come up with these Kablam episode titles, by the way? They're so random.
1: <laughs> they are <laughs> extremely random. It's so difficult to figure out which episode has which shorts. Yeah. Because they are <laughs> right. just, they're all over the place.
2: Yeah. They're, they're, yeah, there's nothing easily identifiable about any of them. <laughs> no. Uh, Moving on, we have uh, Dave, son of Hercules, which was actually animated by Mark Merrick, who does the Henry and June segments. Hercules' son in this one is playing the cymbals and gong in a school band, while Hercules is caught up in traffic and is late. Feeling guilty, he spends quality time with his son to make up for it. Sadly, he doesn't know how things work in modern times because, you know, he's a Greek hero and all that. It is the longest uh, one-off shorts in the series, clocking in at 7 minutes, 22 seconds. We also have Emmett Freedy, who is a kid who has a piece of cereal in his hair mistaken for head lice by a pushy school nurse. The most notable thing about the stop motion animated short is it has puppets for used for similarly styled Amanda show shorts. And if you've seen those shorts, you know exactly what they look like. It's like very. Uh, it's like Play-Doh with a lot of thumbprints in it. That's the best way I can explain it. Mm-hmm. And it uh, aired once in 2000 around Kablam's last season. Um, Speaking of 2,000, here's a couple others that also were in 2,000 on Kablam, uh, which is Fuzzball. And it involves a tomboy who breaks her dad's bowling trophy and has to win a new one, despite not knowing how to bowl. It was created by Kevin Doherty in 2000. Great, Alex, you're rubbing off me now with the weird name pronunciations. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot to talk about here. I'm running out of transition words, uh, other than also <laughs> and in addition to, I'm moving along. Uh, there's also this short called Garbage Boy, <laughs> which is a 2.5D cutout animated short where a kid named Danny makes a pet dog out of the garbage he collects. It was created by Steven Croninger and aired in 2000. We also have the girl with her head coming off, which its plot involves uh, around a young girl named Alice. Who removes her head and flashes back to her memories. She discusses her crush who is a boy named Elvin, yet he likes another girl, Sedona Hayes, thus making Alice envious. Only one segment appeared on Kablam! while the other three acted as interstitial commercials on Nickelodeon. And uh, if you've seen this short before, you know exactly what I'm talking about because it has a very distinctive like, alternative animation art style that's like, very uh, whimsical. Moving on, we have uh, The Little Freaks, which are three mutated teenage superheroes, which involve Siamese twins, a guy with a brain in a see-through jar, and a girl with three eyes, in which they try to stop a fashion villain from making everyone wearing his plain jumpsuits, which have the even more horrible ability to control the wearer's (laughs) mind. Definitely has liquid television vibes all over it, and it only appeared once in 2000. I saw that hand you're, you're showing me there. <laughs> you said brain in a jar, so. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we, we didn't have enough money for a brain in a jar from the wild boar, so we had to sell it for a hand from a taxi cab driver. <laughs> also, I love this life-size replica. Of, I have a tiny one on my on my Nickelodeon shrine. Um, this, this one's interesting. It's called the Louie and Louie show, and it featured two pets a chameleon, and a hamster, both named Louie, with uh, different Roman numerals after them. I guess they're named after uh, famous kings. And they compete for the family's attention after they get a new dog. It was created by Gary Baseman, who's most famously known for the Disney animated series Teacher's Pet, and also doing art for things like Nickelodeon Magazine and the hit 1998 board game Cranium.
1: Did uh, Were, were Louie and Louie Pete and Pete's pets? I was just <laughs>
2: thinking that! <laughs>
1: i'm like you know this is there's not many other shows that
2: have the same name for two different characters they should meet up i i know little pete has a a pet uh gary yeah gary pet lizard named gary so maybe uh louis is related to gary somehow i don't know all right yeah yeah rest in peace from season two um uh what other transition words can i say Rolling along smoothly, we have Race Rabbit, <laughs> which is a live-action white rabbit, who races with overdubbed vi- voices. Hilarious. That was classic. Race Rabbit is classic. Okay, cool. <laughs> I don't remember it too well, but I, I do remember the name. Uh, it, it reminds me of Speed Racer in a weird way. Do you remember, like, that, uh, uh, what was it, like, the
0: Jackal on, like, America's Funniest videos? Like yes,
1: uh, yes, it was on... It, it was like that. It was on America's Funniest People.
0: and and that was Wasn't it the one with Bob Saget though? No, it was
1: Uh, uh, Dave Coulier did the voice for it uh, Right
0: Now it's time for another visit with the Jackalope.
2: You know, people keep asking me what he's really like The tabloids are digging up his love life
1: It's not true what they say I only went out with him once and he hasn't called me back I think we've created a monster Oh, he's charming
0: At least his voice is (laughs) Hey, the kids are a rotten apple? Ooh, you little cotton tail behind they me, like, Oh, I know you're under here, you lowlife. How about some soldier ants?
2: It's like that. So yeah, uh, Race Rabbit is a white, uh, live-action white rabbit who races with overdub voices as uh, the Buggles, who are two bad guys dressed in black uh, that try to stop Race Rabbit from winning the race, but ultimately their plans fail. Sort of kind of a Wiley Coyote versus Road, road Runner, Road Runner thing going on here, <laughs> but a, a little bit more cringy, at least in my opinion. I know Zach, you like it. Five episodes of this short series exists, which ran from December 11th, 1998, to May 27, 2000. And wait a minute, you're not supposed to be in here. You should be in the short-lived shorts, not the "Don't get caught down with your pants twice" category. He just uh, <laughs> got out. He he needs to stay in his lane. <laughs> Um, casually strolling along the pages of Kablam. Nice segue. We also have Randall Flann's Incredible Big Top, which involves a traditionally animated short about a feline circus ringleader bringing the show to the town of Trouble. And yes, the town is called Trouble. It's not like a joke or anything. And uh, he, he essentially proves the, the locals wrong that it's actually a show worth seeing. It aired once in 1998, and it has an art style that's very reminiscent of John Dilworth's earlier animated shorts from Liquid Television, such as Smart Talk with Raisin and the Dirty Bird. Uh, this one is called the Shizagi, which is about an animal that had been extinct, except one of them went to the South Pole where he froze into a block of ice, and a kid named Brutus set him free. They, together, they live in a suburban home where he enjoys his Caesar salad. Very very strange (laughs) none of that sentence made sense but it is (laughs) it is notable for being the only cgi segment to ever appear kablam back in early 2000. just two more left uh one of them is stewie the dog boy which has a similar premise to teacher's pet actually where a dog dresses up as a human boy to attend school unfortunately due to the disney cartoon premiering around the same time all plans to take this segment further were halted abruptly It was created by Dennis Mesner. And lastly, we have another bunny short called Untalkative Bunny, which, unlike the other one, involves a yellow mute rabbit who goes to various places while encountering various modern life problems stemming from her journey through the big city. This one particularly made me think of Sheep in the Big City from Cartoon Network. Similar premise, different animal. Though only the pilot aired on Kablam once in 1999, it previously aired on MTV's Cartoon Sushi in 1997 and was later picked up as a 39-episode series, believe it or not, on Teletoon Canada in 2001. Wow. Yeah. It was created by Graham Falk. So, yeah, a lot of shorts ran through this show, and you didn't even realize it, especially if you haven't seen the the other seasons later on. What are you guys' thoughts on uh, any or all of these?
0: Um, I saw the one that you were just talking about, the rabbit, or... Not Rabbit Racer, the uh, quiet, ra- untalkative rabbit. I saw that one. It was okay. I don't see it being a full series or getting 39 episodes, but I saw that one. <laughs> a lot of them I've never heard of, like the one, one-offs. I know the main ones, but like they there's so many episodes of Kablam where they just threw in like a minute or two minute segment, you know, it's hard to catch
1: everything. Once you watch it once, and you, whether you enjoy it or not, you've only seen it once. And then it's out of sight, out of mind.
0: Very impressive list though. Yeah. Like
1: Wow. Plenty. Yeah.
2: I think more of them appeared in the later half of Kablam, just because the earlier uh, ones feature heavy rotations of the popular ones. We all know with maybe one or two, um, you know, one off shorts sprinkled in. I know, anemia and uh, bulimia iodine, iodine. yeah <laughs> I was going to say pneumonia <laughs> some disease characters yeah anemia and iodine they actually appeared in season one so I think they were the first one of the of the one-offs to show up and I kind of like the art style of that it reminds me of Rocco's Modern Life in a strange way mixed with a little bit of um, Nina and the Count which was on Oh Yeah Cartoons and What a Cartoon Show on Nickelodeon later in the 90s and also Cartoon Network in the mid 90s
0: what was that, Snizzagy show?
2: Yeah, the Snizzagy, you got it. I, 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 I don't know. Never I, I just found out about Sniz-A-Gee it. I didn't watch it all the, the way family. through. You guys don't know about that? It's Everybody knows about that. No, it's like the epitome of bizarre, but I figured I'd mention it for any of those fanboys right. out there who need to know everything about Kablam.
1: But uh, I, I do have three other little tidbits to add, uh, one of them being with Snizz and Fondue. Uh, which was again we had mentioned was was created by mike brandon it uh was it was offered as a series at one point or almost offered as a series Hmm. uh the the original creator uh getting near the end of its main run was getting very tired uh not necessarily with creating the show but more frustrated at the fact that he had very few people helping him and he was doing most of the work.
2: That sounds familiar. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do so it. So
1: he's he's backed out, and then Nickelodeon gave him a pilot, which he premiered the pilot, and then they offered him a series, and he declined, mm. uh, which because he was so tired. He he was just done. That's uh, very
2: unfortunate because I really love a lot of the heart, humor, and charm that's in Snizz and Fondue. It feels very Definitely. much like I could Angry I could Beavers. totally
0: see that as a full, full show,
2: like yeah. Rocco's Modern Life right there in the block. Yeah, it's f- easily translatable.
1: It feels like a beta-testing version of Angry Beavers. Yes, that's what I was trying to spit out.
2: <laughs>
0: and right, doesn't Sniz kind of sound like high-pitched Paul Giamatti? A little bit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Snap and it I down, think Holy like-
2: Fruits! Look at this, far, dude.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the, the second thing I wanted to mention was there was a pilot for a spin off series, another spin off series, which we actually mentioned in our uh, favorite pilots episode, uh, where in 1999 there was a Henry and June pilot episode. It only aired once. Uh, you can actually right. find it on YouTube right now. Um, and it was pretty much two separate stories, like most uh, Nicktoons at the time, where like Rugrats, Doug, or any of them would have two, two particular storylines. And uh, the third thing was in 1997. Vision was a big mm-hmm. thing. Uh, which, uh, speaking of noggle, I have my vision glasses here. Okay. Which, I, uh, which are, are so tiny that I can put them on and they will not reach my ear. Uh-oh. Uh, they are definitely designed for children. But uh, Kablam! was one of the episodes, one of the shows, and it, it was the episode... Um, won't crack or peel was uh, was their Mm. episode and for those who don't know what Noggle Vision was uh, kids could go to Blockbuster or make an order through like Kellogg's cereals and then they would send these glasses to you and then for an entire week uh, at the seven o'clock hour six o'clock hour something like that they would play an episode of Nickelodeon and there would be a segment on the episode that would be in 3D that you would see with these glasses. Noggle.
0: to see Nickelodeon in a whole new way.
1: Noggle goggle.
0: Now, the special Nickelodeon glasses you need to see in Nogglevision. Wow. An exclamation to be used in a statement such as,
1: a week of new episodes of Alex Mack, Hey Arnold, Kablam, Rugrats, and Shelby Wu and Noggle Vision. Wow! And it's
0: hosted by me, Larissa. And me, Arnold. Wow!
1: No goggles yet? Get them in specially marked packages
0: of these craft Kids products. Or at participating blockbuster video stores. Nickelodeon's 3D Noggle Vision starts this Monday at 8, 7 Central, only on Nick.
1: And the only segments that were in 3D were the Henry and June segments. So all of the other shorts, they were not just the henry and june one and uh and the one that i remember the most uh was henry was um trying to get people to blow him away so he was telling the audience at home blow at the camera and he's and no and and nothing's happening and he's insulting the audience and uh june comes over and knocks on the glass you know the hand gets really big close to the glass and then cuts a giant hole in the TV screen and pulls it away. And then all the wind starts flowing in. and oh, that's so cool. Completely blows uh, Henry away.
2: Now, when I say blow, start blowing. Ready? Blow! <laughs> Come on, Boston. I don't see you blowing. Chicago! You call yourself the Windy City?
0: Uh, Henry, I think we've got a problem here. We sure do! Our audience is a bunch of wimps! Come on! Blow! Dig deep! Work it! Really put your lungs
2: into it! What's the matter with you? Can't you spin a measly pinwheel? Whoa!
1: Those are the, the three bits of extra tidbits that I have for Kablam that uh, we we didn't mention yet.
0: They that. did a couple of those like special vision with Kablam, like they would do smell-a-vision where you're supposed to get close to the TV. I saw that earlier and they're like, you smelled the glass? It's supposed to smell like glass. So it's like smell-a-vision, oh my God, it's glass.
1: When you see this signal, then it's time
0: for you, the viewer, to start smelling. To usher in this revolutionary scientific breakthrough, we have chosen this extra large pane of glass.
1: <laughs> mm. Now that's glassy
0: good. Like, that's what they were doing in the show. And then they did like Hypnovision, where like Judy's yeah. eyes were spinning around. Like, very cool. Not a lot of shows did stuff like that. Experimental
2: yeah, visions. They they definitely embraced all things weird with the assortment of shorts they had on the show and just their premise too. I don't. Yeah, because
0: June did like a staring contest mm-hmm. and then she
2: took her eyes out and stuck them on the screen yep. and then walked away. I remember trying to do that as a kid and my mom was like, "Brett, stop! You're gonna blind yourself. Come eat dinner." <laughs> but I'm like, I can't wait to get the cartoon. Yeah, I know. I I believe so hard they were real when I was a kid. That's probably why I am the way I'm now. Yeah. Right. Before we get to our picks, we're gonna cut to a commercial break so we could uh, we can warm you up for all the fun stuff we have lined up. So don't go anywhere. Hold on to those pages of your comic because we'll be right back.
1: Stay tuned. Come blab. We'll be right back after this. Thank you all so much for tuning into this episode of Splat Attack. If you enjoy our content, please hit the like button, subscribe, hit that notification bell. If you're listening on a podcast app, please leave us a review. These very simple things help others who are nostalgic for the 90s find all the splatterific action. Tune in next time,
2: Slimesters, when we put away the comics and deck the halls. No, wait. Set the turkey on the table. No, that's not right. Visit a pantsless Easter bunny? Well, whatever holidays we'll be celebrating, it'll be a grand old time with the You Can't Do That on Television crew, which has been highly requested over the past couple of seasons of our podcast. With You Can't Do That Television holidays. You can catch all the nostalgia flowing feels only here on Splat Attack.
1: Just wanna remind you all over on Bonfire, we've got some pretty sweet merch all kinds of t-shirts and coffee mugs over on bonfire.com slash store slash store with hyphens in between. We've got shirts of all kinds of sizes, from adults to kids, covering a variety of different shows, such as Double Dare, Clarissa, The Legends of the Hidden Temple, Are You Afraid of the Dark, and more. So head over to bonfire.com slash store slash store.
0: You can just check out my Instagram, uh, Zach Fieldson on Instagram, that's where all my stuff is. Um, you can shoot me messages on there if you want to see something in particular or have any requests. I'm always doing different 90s Nickelodeon stuff, so you can find me there.
1: Do you miss being able to sit down with friends on Saturday nights and have a good time watching SNICK? That's what we do over at Patreon. Well, twice a month, not necessarily on a Saturday, but we will get together and have live streams. One live stream is all about 90s Nickelodeon and another is all about 90s it's not Nickelodeon. We also have bonus mini bonus content, bonus behind-the-scenes looks. We got all kinds of great stuff there and a good community of just people who are nostalgic for this time. So join us over on Patreon. Go to patreon.com splatattack to relive some 90s memories with people of like-minded, splatastic memories.
2: And now, back to Kablam! on Nickelodeon. that's so cool. I think we're back. Uh, We were just taking a little bit of comic book break uh, away from the podcast, and we found a lot of uh, interesting cartoon characters to entertain us. But uh, let's not get distracted, because we're here to talk about Kablam! and not other comics. Although, the whole world of comics is equally amazing with all the different characters and stories that are out there.
1: Well, but before we get into our picks, I just remember during the commercial break uh, that there was something else Kablam related that we didn't bring up. Oh! Since we were on break, I had to go get me a snack, and I had completely forgot that I had to get my my snack out of my Kablam lunchbox. Ooh! But Kablam, one of the very, very few, if not only, merch that. Kablam had was a Nickelodeon Kablam lunchbox, and I think that's the only bit of merch they ever put out. Dang.
2: I'm surprised... That's a great lunchbox. Yeah, I've seen the design before in some other uh, 90s Nickelodeon collectors on Instagram. Pricey, though. Yeah, yeah. The rare stuff is usually extravagantly expensive. Yes. I'm surprised they didn't do, like, Henry and June or, like, Snizz and Fondue action figures because their designs lend themselves really well to having something of that sort, even if they're just stationary figurines, Mm -hmm. be nice to have.
0: I always wanted an Action League set of like real figures, not just little Burger King
2: ones. I love the Burger King ones, though. Those were like
0: probably my favorite, like fast food premium ever.
2: With the Burger King Kids Club, where they actually released Action League Now figures for Burger King. It was
0: a Nickelodeon promo through Burger King and they had like different stuff. So it was like a little Little cousin Skeeter plug. Interesting, I don't remember time. this. And then, like, the Action League came in a set of four. So it was like Meltman, uh, Stinky Diver, Thunder Girl, and The Flesh, but they're only like this big. Now, arriving at Burger King, Nickel Ozone toys. Like cruising cousin Skeeter, the Alan Strange spinning pod, and the Wild Thornberry's Convy.
2: One inside every kids' club meal you buy. Good work,
1: let's just drop it anywhere. Oopsies.
0: Taste rules. They came in like one bag together, and they were these little plastic guys. But I remember seeing the commercial and I couldn't believe it. I was like, there's Action League toys at Burger King? We're going.
2: Yeah, I don't care how many Whoppers I have to eat. (laughs) Yeah. Moving on, let's uh, start off with our top five Kablam short picks. Um, I will start with my number five. Because speaking of Action League now, Uh, This was a tough choice for me because I had many on my list, but I I really wanted to keep it very balanced, so I picked one different short for each of my picks. And I had to go with Action League Now's Nightmare on Memory Lane, which is from Season 1, Episode 5, All Purpose Kablam! And the reason why I love this one so much is in its simplicity. Essentially Meltman has amnesia. and you know, the actually now gang just has to knock some sense into him to get him to re- recall things. And the way they go about doing it is just what I love about Action League now is, you know, dropping stuff, throwing things, exploding things, just very creepy. Like, you know, when in doubt, hit something or throw something at or explode it. It's the, it's the same, it's the same, like Ow. deadpan scream too. That's what I love about it. <laughs> Ah. Ah. What, what I love also about that is the, the ending too, it's like a fun twist where once Meltman finally gets his memory back, of course a bunch of stuff falls on the chief and he can't remember anything, but he repeats a quote from earlier that was said in the episode where he looks at the flesh and says,
0: Hey, you're naked. <laughs> Wasn't that the one where they were trying to figure out like uh, the document or whatever? It was like a document they needed, but it was the Chief's like, uh, chocolate chip yes, cookie formula. Yes, you're right. That's the yeah. one.
2: Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. So I had to include in my list uh, as my number five. <laughs> that was a good one. Alex, what is your number five pick?
1: So I don't have a particular episode, a particular short, as in a mm. specific short for the, the series. I, I, I just have... A short, uh, not not one specific one, but but the one across the board, um, because I, I don't know they they all bleed together. Mm-hmm. Even after I've watched them, they still all bleed together, and and I just I love them, uh, and, and I can't I can't not get enough of them. Um, because I'll start with one, and I just keep keep going. But uh, for for my number five of the shorts there are on Kablam, uh, my number five is Life of Loopy. Uh, I love the animation for that one. It's so inventive, uh, where you you also get actual hands that are just gloved, and and uh, you can tell the little miniature house, but it's done so brightly colored, and the way the the uh, their bodies are just clothing, and and almost clay like, but the faces are done completely differently and the animation really moves seamlessly, uh, which is really impressive. I I just, I love that animation style. It's it's a very different type of stop motion and I can't get enough of watching it, uh, which also makes for an interesting challenge whenever you're trying to draw characters and then you want to draw (laughs) characters from Life with Loopy, because I've done that before. Not very well, but I can I can get the face really great that and but but trying to really capture the three dimensions of the body too without making it look too silly with the two different types of drawing techniques it's it's very much a challenge and I still haven't quite mastered it but I'd like to work on work on that some more I, I see it more as a challenge than anything but I and also it's so sweet loopy is just a sweet character and a lot of heart in that show yeah and i I, I miss things like that you don't really get very much sweet things on nickelodeon um but it's it's adorable it's just an adorable short and it's one that i would like my youngest to watch with me just so that way a lot of my jerk mannerisms don't rub off on him and maybe maybe loopy will rub off on you more
0: very creative monsters in that show, too. Yes.
2: A lot of them look like puppets or they're like freeform puppets where they're just kind of vibrating around and stuff. It's like it, the, the show always keeps you guessing of what it's going to throw at you at every corner of the plot, which I really enjoy because it keeps things fresh mm-hmm. every single episode they show. Right. Any any ones that stand out to you in particular, Alex?
1: Uh, just the, the the probably my favorite one. And I think it's because I'm I'm well, I know it's because I'm a dad, but it's it's it was in the first season and it was when dad was getting frustrated with the mailman because he kept delivering bills, bills, bills. Ah!
2: That one's called the trouble with inflation, by the way, for anyone who's curious.
1: And Loopy is trying to save her dad from being overly frustrated, and then by the end of it, no matter her attempts, it always goes wrong, but by the end of it, she decided to, if you can't beat him, join him in a way, and, and wrote a letter that went in the mail to go to dad and said maybe getting a letter from someone who loves you might He's getting bills or something like that and it's a very sweet thing and i'm i'm in the living room working a puzzle watching this i'm like oh that's that's too cute how can i not i can totally relate to that today because
2: sometimes you just don't want to see bills in the mail. you want something that perks you up like a letter from a family member or like a gift from amazon or just something to to brighten you up and you know it's it's the simple resolutions in life with floopy that really make this short endure beyond kablam because it 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 just allows you to take in the the full depth of the characters and what the family goes through together and all their zany situations and it always just brings it back down to earth by the end and you know if anyone out there who's who's watching this hasn't given life with loopy a chance definitely go through the series um when you can it's on paramount plus you could also find it on youtube thanks to some uh, other 90s nickelodeon archivists and you know just just check out any episode you can't go wrong uh zach what is your number five pick
0: uh number five well back with uh, life with Luffy. i have the uh alien in the basement um episode i'm not sure what the name of that sketch was there's an alien in the basement and the mom is like a secret agent mm. and so loopy Luffy, like Luffy's mom keeps leaving and she's like where are you going mom and the mom's like going to the basement and then there's this whole story about how the mom was uh, recruited years ago to be a secret agent to protect this alien puppet in the basement. Well, alien in the basement, but it's this weird puppet,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and like that she's like feeding it and bringing it food and stuff. And I thought that one was great. Uh, there's three loopies that I have: the alien in the basement, the baseball like under the couch. Yes, I, gets, I
2: saw that one the Henry, other day.
0: Henry loses his baseball, and then it goes to like. I feel like that's been done a couple times where, like, something gets lost under the couch and then there's, like, a whole world of everything ever lost. Yeah. So she goes down there and there's, like, more weird, creepy puppets kind of things, but very creative, very inventive, very original, like, design as far as that goes. Very cool. And then uh, the goldfish one. Like, I feel like the goldfish one was on a lot, and that's just a classic. Like, a lot of heart in that one, like, you know, because everybody's lost a goldfish when they're a kid, but for Loopy to go find the goldfish. Like that was very cool. I like that one a lot.
2: Well, moving right along with our list to number four, I'm gonna go with one that you may or may have seen somewhere else, maybe on Snick Snacks, maybe on its own. But uh, I love these these modern beatnik uh, Peanuts characters that we like to call the offbeats. And this one is, that I particularly chose for this episode is Betty Ann's glasses. Because I really like all the different ways, um, you know, the different characters of her group uh, help her out, try to get the glasses back. Because she ends up losing them when she's playing the bongos a little bit too furiously. And um, that mean girl who's part of the populars, you know, the, the pink dress and the bow. She's probably like a Helga knockoff from Hey Arnold. But uh, she's like concealing the glasses without Betty Ann knowing. And then uh, I think uh, September... The, the nerdy kid tries to use this like metal detector thing to find the glasses points it out and he's like it's right here you missed your opportunity and i, I just got a big laugh about that because it's it's so goofy and it's in its charming way and then um i think the way they resolved that episode is they all got together dressed up as the president with august the dog as like the head and he had like this toupee on and they, they asked for the glasses back because, you know, why not assert political power to get something like that <laughs> recovered? And so when they got the glasses, uh, you know, Betty Ann returns with them on. And then uh, August is still following everyone else in his group with the dupe on. And the thing that really got me at the end is, like, that kid with the little, like, spinny hat who's in the the populars group who always says something and gets kicked out. He said, Oh, that must be the president's dog. And then he's like, ah! it Must be the president's dog. It, it's it's fun. I, I love the show. Like, like he's the offbeat that's always yelling. There's one. Oh, kid that's, that's Tommy. Always he's, he has like the Pete and Pete vibe going on with the plaid mm-hmm. shirt and the yellow um, hunting hat. He's like, will you lower your voice? And he's constantly like right. shouting. Yeah, that yeah. Guy.
0: Are you sure? We're sure. Are you absolutely sure? Yes. Yeah, I love that guy.
2: Yeah. So that's that's from um, Season 1, Episode 13, Resistance is Futile.
1: My number four also is the offbeats. Woo! Uh, much, and again, I don't have a particular one. Uh, it's just the general feeling of the segment itself it just feels so relaxed but uh something that I do find interesting and anyone who has kids is probably going to be more familiar with this but Mo Willems is the the one who created this and you may recognize him as the, the the author for the Elephant and Piggy books uh which Sam loves, well, loved to read, uh, when he was, he was younger and also the pigeon books and, and Mo Willems has been doing a lot of really wonderful things with trying to build on community and communication. And, and I really love what he's been doing. I've been following him on Instagram for quite a while. So it's, it's hard for me to not love the offbeats just by the general camaraderie that he's wanting to have people do. And, um, I don't know, I just love the feeling of it, it and, and you had said it earlier and I completely agree with it because I, I was actually going to say it too, it feels like a modern day Charlie Brown uh, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's it's got kind of that jazzy feeling, slow jazz and very cheap deep, uh, l- look to it but it's not and we know it's not uh, but that's kind of the charm of it, it it's, it's, it's very smartly animated and I just, I just love it. It's just one that I want to go when I want to veg out for a while.
0: Uh, number four, Prometheus and Bob art.
1: <laughs>
0: I love the, I love the art sketch where he's teaching Bob to paint. Bob's just throwing the canvas. Pretty much any Prometheus and Bob, like you can't go wrong. Like. There's a charm about every one of those. But uh, I put down art, and then I put slash, and I put
1: toilet.
2: (laughs) I love how the camera always breaks too. Like, that's how they end. Ooh. They must go through a lot of cameras. Where is uh, Prometheus getting them from? Does he have to like fly right. back to his home planet? Nine hundred thousand years in the future? Maybe he's got really good entertainment insurance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Um. Well, moving right along with number three. Keep it short and sweet. Uh, I also picked Life with Loopy because hey, that's why it's my background. Love the art style. Very charming. It's very unique. You know, just a perfect quirky blend of live action and stop motion elements and. Also, textures and 3D elements with 2D as well. Uh, Love all the voice acting. It's very appropriate for every one of the characters, including the silly puppet villains or side characters, too. And uh, the particular one that I picked for my list is what Zach mentioned earlier, Goldfish Heaven. From Season 1, Episode 7, Kablam! Gets Results. And this, Mm. this is the earliest Life with Loopy episode, aside from Egghead and... Uh, the trouble with inflation that I remember from my earliest Kablan memories. And I just remember, wow, I really want a goldfish costume like that, but where am I going to get one so I can go down the toilet? Because there's a phase in my life where I was fascinated with putting things down, you know, the toilet. Never
1: go down the hole. Never go down the hole. (laughs) Bye-bye, diaper.
2: And trying to figure out where it goes and hearing stories and. There was also a Dexter's Lab episode called Flay of Soul where they flush a goldfish into the great beyond. So there's another connection there that really got me curious. And Stinky Diver, of course, he went down the toilet. My long lost brother. Yeah, I remember Fish
0: him. Diver. Twin brother lost in the toilet for 25 years. Yeah, right.
2: The, thing, the, thing, the things people put down there, I don't even want to know. But uh, it's pretty cool that she was able to... Make her journey down there and emerge from it victoriously without any weird smells or side effects so i give it to her for that and it, it always touched me in a sweet spot too to just see her you know dead pet enjoying the afterlife like there's a certain kind of calming peace that you get from that kind of moment in storytelling
0: I feel like that one was on a lot, too. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like I saw that more than any other Life with Lukey.
2: Maybe that's why it sticks out in my brain.
0: (laughs) Yeah, tuning in, it was the Goldfish one. But I never turned
2: it off. It was a great bit.
0: But I feel like it was on a lot in rotation.
2: Alex, what is your number three pick?
1: Uh, My my number three is Snizz and Fondue. uh, Which, again, I had mentioned earlier is uh, very much uh, kind of a beta version of Angry Beavers. Which, by the way, there is a Pete and Pete tie-in. Because uh, Rick Gomez, who is Endless Mike, is is the voice of Snizz.
2: Oh, that's so cool. Yeah! Yeah, that's totally right. Because whenever I heard him say, You're out of my gang! In uh, Yellow Fever, he sounds just like the inflection of Snizz when he does that. Once a dink, always a dink. You're out of my gang!
1: Any final words to your shallow and uncaring fans? Yes. I uh so that, that that's kind of that's a fun little thing but uh I, I love when you can piece all these things together which makes me wonder if if uh will mcrobb had a hand in uh in getting Rick Gomez into to, to do that for him but, I wouldn't doubt it but uh something that uh I don't know that I was hot and cold with this one because I like it and that I didn't like it and that I liked it and then I didn't like it but I ended up liking it more than not liking it and I think it was just because Snizz I can only take so much of snizz for a while. I'm like, okay, I gotta skip this one for now. I gotta come back to this later, and then whenever I'm in the right mindset, I come back to it, and I and I cackle every time. Uh, I especially like how every single time they ended up in the sandbox, that one girl would just smack with a little shovel. Uh, and I absolutely that, that cracked me up every single time, and especially the the scorpion episode, and yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> how he was so sure that he, if he has the scorpion guarding his room snizz is going to stay away and uh nope he's like oh this is really cool
0: this is my room guardian a madagascar scorpion snap me down what a sick purchase sick enough to keep you out of my room forever fruits on that he's in a tank
1: but um uh, just, just because they're the ones that I think of, but I, I really did enjoy the ventriloquist episode. I've always liked mm-hmm. ventriloquist dummy episodes. Uh, I mean, I'm still into puppeteering as it is. And uh, I also like the Star Trek parody episode because I've always I I like Star Trek and I like Star Wars. And anytime they did parodies of it in TV, I always perked up a bit more. But I know I know Brett will have more to say about that later. So I'm going to bow out of Stiz and Fondue and leave it at my number three.
2: Would you think of them uh, taping their feet in the in the toxic tail? <laughs> yeah. uh, I was like, huh? Would I do that if there was a scorpion running amok in my house? I already got a ton of fruit flies. I don't know if that would uh, help at all. <laughs> Did
0: you see the Sniz and Fondue where like uh, he steals his hat. Sniz steals like Fondue's hat, oh. and he's like on the streets selling stuff, and Fondue is freaking out because he doesn't have his hat. That
2: hat is my essence. It's very similar to uh, Little Pete with his uh, plaid hat too. You can't imagine him without him or like even yeah. Arnold.
1: Exactly, that's his whole life. I, I also liked hey. whenever they were trying to teach Sniz how to read, how to, how to tell time, and they had it written across his face, uh, don't tell me the time, and then he sees a reflection of himself and he's trying to read it backwards.
0: It says, don't tell me time, moron. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so fun, yeah. <laughs> uh, Zach, what is your number three?
0: Number three, Action League Now, Fatter. The episode, there, the the bit Fatter. It's the one where the chief goes to like a carnival and sees. It's a play on the Stephen King thinner movie, where the guy gets cursed by like a he gets cursed. And, you know, he's a bigger guy, and then he keeps getting thinner and thinner and thinner. They did a reversal on it where, like, uh, the chief goes to this carnival, gets cursed by a gypsy, which the gypsy figure itself, uh, Karen Fry, still has. Like, she has the gypsy itself. I saw it. Very cool. Very cool to still have that. That's not one I could replicate, because it has all this very special fabric and stuff on it. Mm -hmm. Really hard to try and make another one of. But that episode, very cool. But the chief goes gets cursed and then he just balloons up throughout the episode he keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger and like they they kept the same head of the figure but they put him almost on like a beach ball or so, so, some kind of ball where like his his shirt was like barely holding on his tie was all messed up like it's great and then they like like him down the stairs and he's like bouncing like he's just a huge ball but i thought that one was hilarious like the what they did with the chief and everything like very funny bit very funny episode of action league i like when they play around with the figures and they do different things like you don't really see a lot of like chief play chief always kind of shows up and he's just like we're doing this and then that's it but they have a standalone episode with him where he's like in this turmoil getting huge like going down the stairs and everything and he's they put him in the fridge and they bend the shelf of the fridge so it looks like he's like weighing a ton, weighing down the shelf of the fridge. Just little things like that, like very, very funny, very cool. So that was my number three.
2: Uh, well, my number two is Prometheus and Bob cooking from season one, episode 12, Comics of Champions. And I had to cycle through at least eight different Prometheus and Bob tapes to finally land on this one. And what did it for me is just the fact that you know, Bob was really fascinated with these fire ants that he was trying to get on a stick to eat. And at one point during the tape, uh, they get into uh, Prometheus's back shirt, and like the Grand Overlord of Prometheus Planet flies down in his own ship, and like comes to berate Prometheus for some other reason. And because the the ants go down his back, he like rips off his shirt, falls down, and then the monkey grabs the cape of the Grand Lord, and he like, Flips over onto the the stairs of his uh, ship, flips back in, rides back up, and drops Prometheus's ship down on the ground. It's just like one Rube Goldberg machine of hilarity. Uh, I really yeah. love the outcome of it. And then he's just kind of sitting there at the end, sharing a hug with them. So, uh, yeah, I mean, as you said before, I can't go wrong with any Prometheus and Bob episode. It's really hard that you really can, not but, uh, this one stood out to me, uh, among the bunch that I researched for this episode.
1: Yeah. My number two also is Prometheus and Bob, I, again, much like the offbeats, the whole <laughs> thing, the minute they show up, I'm glued. And, uh, Sam, I thought it was really funny while I was watching uh, in prep for the show uh, or for this episode. Sam would not be in the room with me. He, he'd have to go do his homework, but he'd come in to ask me a question, and Life with Loopy would be on. And he's, What are you watching? Kablam. Oh, okay. Then he'd go to do his homework, and he'd come back a couple minutes later, and it's a whole different cartoon. What is this? It's Kablam. Same show? Yeah. Then he'd walk away, and then he came back a few minutes later, and now it's Prometheus and Bob. And of all the shorts that he had happened to walk in on, Prometheus and Bob was the one that he would stop and genuinely watch for a minute. And I love that it's so simple, and the animation is very simple, and you don't have to have any dialogue. It's just complete slapstick humor in bite-sized form. And within seconds... Sam is laughing just the same way that my brother will happen to walk in. What are you watching? I mean, it was the exact same situation, and and I loved that I got to mirror that one more time in my life. And uh, and and then Sam was like, hey, "Can we watch more of those? Those were that was really funny." I said, "Yeah, they're great, but like the boxing one, I love the boxing one." Uh, oh, oh man. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm i
2: also love the the wheel and the bowling ones too yes
1: yes those would be exact same two i was gonna say oh really yes i love those
2: mainly because uh the flying saucer is like rolls rolled away and then into the camera and then for the bowling one bob's uh tongue gets stuck in the bowling ball and he's like trying to slam it around and then the boulders from the cliff hit the camera it's like how many cameras do you go through prometheus <laughs> is it worth it <laughs>
1: it's so good it's so good
2: yeah if you ever have a down day in life whether you're a kid or an adult just put on pre and bob i guarantee you'll be at least a little bit better by the end of those two minutes
1: <laughs> it's so Bring stupid it. but they're so fun <laughs> yeah how great
2: is it
0: now that we have them on like youtube and like compilations of all of them put together you know like when we were growing up we had to wait for kablam or like just to catch you know one segment of it which might be a repeat but to have them all together like that, it's fantastic. Thank
2: goodness.
1: Uh, Zach, what is your number two?
0: Number two, Action League Now Mega Meltman.
2: Oh, yes. tell us about this one. Is this when he gets bigger?
0: Yes. So this is the one where, like, he drinks the formula that Build the Lab Guy has that makes things, like, large.
2: Amazing.
0: <laughs> and he basically, like, it's, you know, Ant-Man style in reverse where he gets huge. But the formula only lasts for so long, so he just comes in. It's a guy in a suit, but they made a Meltman suit, like, with a helmet and everything. Like, very creative, very cool. Different for, you know, Action League now. Like, it was a different episode for, you know, having a full-size Meltman like that. Very funny, very inventive. And, uh, you know, like, the little kids. Like, uh, these kids are messing around. They get stuck up in the tree. <laughs> and then Meltman's finally able to help, you know, because... He's the one that helps like the least because all he can do is melt, you know, like they make fun of him for it. But now, and they were making fun of him in the beginning of that episode. And then, like, he comes in, like, who's laughing now? Ow!
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's where man!
0: Um. Um. Well, uh.
1: He can get the Donuts! 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 donuts. donuts. <laughs> uh, uh, uh.
0: Think again, squeaks. And then he's able to help the. He's trying to help the kids out of the tree, and then trips, falls in a kiddie pool like <laughs> outside, you know. But it's this guy in the suit, yeah. you know, jumping in this kiddie pool and. All right, it's Meltman, and he's big. We're safe. Hooray! I'm Mega Meltman with the power to. Ow! We're toast. Don't worry, young Americans. I'm out. Uh, Coming. It was just great and then like the the formula wears off you know bill's like i didn't tell him that it could wear off and then it just you know back to normal size meltman. but it was a very funny episode like very funny bit i'm not sure exactly which episode of complaining it shows up in but that was my number two mega Meltman.
2: yeah understandable there's a lot to keep track of i mean action league now is the the largest recurring one out of all of them by a mile with over and there's
0: so many great ones too
2: yeah Yeah, I wanted to put Spotzilla on here, too, but because I think it was like a two- or three-parter, it didn't feel right for me to cram it in here because it's much bigger than the others. Phrasing, Shut up.
0: I think they said that was the only two-parter in Kablam with Action League now. Like, Spotzilla was the only two-parter they did for that, but...
2: Yeah, I think that was, like, one where they introduced in one episode, and then the following episode of Kablam, they had the conclusion, which I'm like, no, I have to wait a week for this, and I don't even know if I'll be home in time for it.
1: <laughs> Dateline. Yep. <laughs> yes. Dateline.
2: All the moment you've all been waiting for. I know if you enjoyed our list so far, Slimesters, but here's the creme de la creme of our picks. So, starting with me for number one, you might know that I'm an Angry Beavers fan. I really love their humor. Norbert and Daggett are a great dynamic duo who have a lot of wacky hijinks in the woods. But sometimes I like to take that into the suburbs. And if you're like me, you'll like the similar humor that entails. And we have, of course, Snizz and Fondue who replicates that humor beautifully. Uh, in particular, the episode that I chose is Stump Bike Snizz from season one, episode two. It's flavorific, and out of all of the episodes that I remember as a child, this one stuck out in my head the most. It just left a, a lasting impression on me because around that time, I also saw Bart the Daredevil where he jumps that uh, that giant gorge, and I was really big on like motorcycle stunts for like about a week when I was watching TV. So. <laughs> You know, it got my attention and uh, I really enjoy the humor, the visual humor and just seeing this tiny little ferret character on this massive red bike that I think he calls Gertrude.
1: And her name is Gretchen.
2: Essentially what he does is um, he he lets the stunt bike uh, profession go to his head where he starts jumping little things like, Birthday cupcakes and then like pizzas and pizza boxes, and then he automatically ramps up to like jumping the house and he makes a whole event out of it by even stealing the doors from inside of the house to extend the ramp and then once he goes he do, he doesn't make spoiler alert he doesn't make it over. he goes through like the the top bedroom window, tumbles into a tree, and then lands safely. But what gets gets it for me is that while he's showboating after he had a miraculous landing. Uh, the giant bike just topples over him and he's sent to the hospital.
0: Biking radical is not for everyone. It's uh, It's got to be in your blood, in your soul. I do it for the raw adrenaline. Because in this life, baby, it's only you
1: who makes each moment awesome. <laughs>
2: Fondue comes in with uh, the latest newspaper headlines of his stunt, and it just shows his picture and it says, idiot, right above it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and he's so happy about it too. I'm
2: famous. Yeah. Yeah. I love that one so much. I can rewatch it endlessly and still get enjoyment out of it. So that's why it's my number one.
1: Uh for my number one, which is probably no surprise, is Action League Now. Deadline. Um, <laughs> I mean, that was the one that got me started to go watch Kablam in the first place uh, because I I love I, I forgot The only thing I really remember about the all that one was um, Thunder Girl was flying through the kitchen and got stuck in a jello mold. And I was so enamored with this whole thing because it was so different from anything all that was doing. And I was like, what is this? This is cool. But it just felt like my imagination in reality uh without the hands in the way, but I mean stupid things like this I would do. What what can I have around the house that I can play with that these all my action figures would, would be able to do? Because I didn't have play sets. I had to make my own environment for these characters to play in. And I would just grab random stuff and make up different little traps and things that these characters would have to overcome. And and I loved every second of it. And uh and, and now I'm I'm watching the show that's doing all this stuff but with an absolutely ridiculous sense of humor that I am cackling at and it was the first time that my brother and I really had that that was my first dip into sarcasm because of the melt man with the power to
2: melt, melt.
1: <laughs> and, and, and I mean all of that kind of stuff was was just so good and, uh, I mean, there was one where uh, Thundergirl was, um, uh, she fell, and then they were saying, can she, uh, will she get her flight back in before, in time? And she hit the ground, and then the car landed on top of her, and this, the voiceover goes, Apparently not. The Action Mobile Free Fall. Thundergirl headed for Splatsville. Can she be out of harm's way? (laughs) Apparently not.
2: That didn't hurt a bit. Thunder girl, this is no time for a nap.
1: I I loved the humor and it was really... uh, I I think a lot of my humor started to develop from this show. Uh, I mean, I had... Early, early 90s, I had full on slapstick, zany Jim Carrey sense of humor. But right around 97, 98, my sarcasm really started to take off. And I think this is where it started because my brother and I would enjoy it so much. Mm-hmm. And because it made him laugh, it made me start doing it more.
2: That's a great pick. I, uh, I definitely relate to it. I want to put it higher on my list, but I just love cartoons a little bit more. But uh, what I love most about it is that it feels like it predates Robot Chicken on Adult Swim where they're just using like actual toys and manipulating them for the sake of telling a story. But they're definitely more physical with it instead of like the stop motion technique. Uh, There are some instances where they are stop motion animated just to get them to move around. But most of the time... Half the fun is just when you see some unseen stagehand throw them at like a, a car to get run over into pieces or like get eaten by a dog or something. chuck a Totally, Chuck-a-Mation. totally uh, yeah, chuck totally ridiculous. chuck What's that?
0: Glad you asked, June. In traditional animation, teams of artists slave for hours to create the thousands of images called cells that go into every minute of a cartoon. I did not know that. But the people at Action League Now developed a process called Shuckamation, where all you need is a good strong arm and a passing car. That's great cartoon action. Great Shuckamation action.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: what Henry said. <laughs> and Zach,
1: what is your number one?
0: My um, number one, Action League Now, Tears of the Clones. That was was my favorite Action League Now episode. Very creative. Hilarious. Like, this one, they... Karen. I talked to Karen, one of the creators of the show, and she said that they basically pulled out everything that they had for this episode as far as, like, um, multiples of figures. Like, well, not everything, but they pulled out a lot.
1: So we're just done
0: with phrasing, right? That's not a thing anymore? So it's basically like, the uh, build a lab guy creates a clone machine, which is a copy machine. And then the action league is on the copy machine. And then the mayor shows up and he's like, action loses and pushes the, pushes the copy machine down and then starts making clones of the action leagues. So and you have all these variations of them showing up. It's just so funny. And then the, the subplot of the story for some reason is the mayor's like trying to steal all this incredibly breakable fine China He's like, I have to get all this incredibly breakable fine china. And he's got it in, like, a wagon. It's like a Red R- rider wagon with all this china. This stack of dishes in this Red rider wagon. And uh, they take it up on this... Karen said that they were all cracking up when they filmed this, but they take it up to, like, this cliff, and they just throw the wagon off the cliff, and all the dishes break and everything, like... Follow me, gang. I know a shortcut. Action, the You gotta admit, it is shorter.
2: Who's the lucky boy
1: getting away with all the incredibly breakable fine china? Me! Then again, maybe I'm not so lucky. Ah!
0: So that's what they meant by incredibly breakable it's so funny and just so ridiculous. Like if you were just channel flipping back then and put on like Nickelodeon, you see this wagon full of dishes just off the cliff and just breaking all the dishes, shattering everything. It was hilarious.
2: They must have had a very generous budget for this short. (laughs) To throw cars off a cliff, even explode them too in some episodes the amount of times they ran that car over like they just you know destroyed it they had to
0: have like a fleet of these things you know just on standby when you know i couldn't imagine but it was just hilarious and like alex was saying you know it's it's stuff that you were doing as a kid with your toys and they put it on tv like i didn't have a lot of play sets either so it was like you know the bad guy versus the fan it's like who's gonna lose <laughs> yeah, your imagination <laughs> yes. totally relatable yes. right not the fan. <laughs> yeah, you know, and just like pushing a figure into the fan, burning his face in, melting the plastic, like smelling a little bit of burned plastic because, it's, you know,
2: going like that.
1: Where are your rebel friends now?
2: <laughs> Using and abusing our toys to the fullest. That's what being a child is all about. And that's that's probably what Meltman is even derived from too. that classic trope of like burning ants with a magnifying glass. But maybe he got stuck under it.
1: I'm trying to melt. You know, like Meltman. With the power to melt. That's impossible.
2: Meltman is special training. Besides, we may be professional comic book characters, but we're not superheroes.
0: You could you could just tell that they were having a blast when they were making it, and that really shows them the work. And it still holds up. Like my son loves it. Like he loves action. So I'm glad I could pass it to him too.
2: Yeah, I, I might even go dare say that applies to all 90s Nickelodeon shows that have aged incredibly well. You know, they create something too too. definitely included in that. You know, they all have fun creating it. They're all very whimsical, passionate. Uh, each show has its own unique identity and they flourish because of that. And I feel like the 2020s can learn a lesson or two from past history in terms of making memorable media these days.
0: 100% I mean there's nothing like Action League on now you know it's just it was a time and time and place but you know we still have it we can still share it like it's still hilarious still holds up you know same thing with Prometheus and Bob like it's timeless yeah stuff like that's timeless
2: yeah all of it is there's nothing really that pins it pop culture reference wise uh, to a specific era like it's just general but also relatable enough that you could even watch it a hundred years now or even 900,000 years now when Prometheus gets this channel or this podcast. 900,000
1: years in the future. Yeah. Action League. Then. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what will be then. Date line. What is uh, your honorable mentions and dishonorable mentions, Brett?
2: Woo. Coming off that ride. Uh, I'm going to go with some more obscure picks just to give them some love. So my first honorable mention is uh, Lava. Um I really love a whole assortment of these, any of them that I could get my hands on. It's just got this beautiful zany cartoon style that I used to draw in all the time that I really should be drawing in again because I just love it a lot. And it's very absurd yet simple with all the animals and some sort of punchline at the end that you don't expect. One in particular that got me was, I like to call it pulling the tail, but there's no real like official name for these shorts. Uh, it's from season one, episode three Comics for Today. And what happens is you got this little like caveman guy swinging on a rope, uh, Tarzan style, trying to grab this like little bulbous tail of some unknown giant creatures behind. And when he finally pulls it, you know, he just gets propelled off screen. And I remember dying, laughing, and literally falling down the stairs as a kid, laughing. and my parents wondering, what the heck did I have if I had like some sort of seizure? And, um, you know, (laughs) when I was able to tape it on VHS and show them, my mom burst out laughing too, so. Uh, gotta love the childhood memories for that. <laughs> there's also another great one where there's like two snails moving about and one's like showboating. like um, I don't know what the verb is for like snailing, like moving forward, slugging forward. But uh, it's like moving around in circles uh, around this smaller snail and the snail in the center is frustrated. So he throws some tacks out and then the snail like blows blows a tire and then just skids out of control. I mean, it's it's a lot of great stuff. There's a YouTube channel called Kablamster, I believe, that compiled like all the Lava shorts into one compilation video, so check that out if you're interested. I will have to check that out, I, I've never seen Lava, I saw that on the list and didn't recognize that one. Yeah, they're they're specifically from the Surprisingly Shorts uh, segment where Henry, I'm sorry, June pulls down Henry's shorts and we see like a different design on them each time.
0: Oh yeah, they do that in like all of them, right, or a lot of them.
2: Now's the time in our show where we take a look at some surprising shorts.
0: Surprising. Not those kind of shorts.
2: How many shorts can you wear, Henry? (laughs) I like the ones where he has Richard Nixon on him. He's got a tricky dick door behind his boxers.
0: (laughs) Hey! Surprising.
2: What? (laughs) I guess it's his favorite president. (laughs) In <laughs> the White House, near I guess, Washington Monument. <laughs> yeah, sure. Jokes aside, anyways. Right. Um, Ricky Dick boxes. <laughs> yeah. I I also like to mention uh, another uh, another one-off short Flan's incredible big top from season two, episode twelve. Art plus science equals fun, and I really like this one. As I mentioned earlier, when I gave my overview of like the John Dilworth esque vibes of the art style, it's very strange. Like, the, the cadence and the, the voice acting is very reminiscent of anything you'd find on Liquid Television, and I appreciate it just for the off-the-walls animation style. Like, it, it really has, like, a, a sense of Looney Tunes with a bit of MTV injected into it. Um, unfortunately, it's a one-off, so there's not much more development than that, but if you're interested in alternative animation styles, I'd check that out. And then uh, lastly, I'd like to mention the anemia and iodine one from season one, episode six, What the Astronauts Drink, because it's got some great spooky vibes to it. And I like how it reminds me of Rocko's in Life with these two uh, main female characters who are pestered by uh, one of them's younger brother during their seance in a haunted mansion.
1: And what, what is your dishonorable mention?
2: Uh, I think it's no surprise because I did mention it in Favorite Nicktoons when the theme song came up. My name is Angela. Yeah. Oh, uh, pardon my language to all those listeners who have young children. But this girl,
1: I no. hate her so much. I, I, I really don't want to.
2: No, no, no. Yeah. I mean, screw No, that doesn't help either. Not screw this girl. Take this animated short, put it in a box and hurl it into the sun, and I never want to see it again. <laughs> Erase it from history. And then I'll put that box inside of another box, and then I'll mail that box to
1: myself. And when it arrives, I'll smash it with a hammer.
2: This is garbage. This is hot garbage. If we ever have garbage. a chance to do an episode review, I would give it a splat-tastery into the ground until it can't breathe anymore. I hate this show. <laughs> I I hate these shorts more than the Fox Family spinoff because at least the art style got slightly better and the stories got slightly better. But this version is just like, I'd rather rip my ears off and feed them to Vincent Van Gogh's ghost. It's that terrible. What are you going to do?
1: Something so very, very painful, so hideous, your father will have no choice but to cooperate.
0: No. (laughs) My name is
2: and you is a stuck up oh we're all on the same page you yeah, have another one right yeah it's uh adventures of patchhead and despite the fact that watermelon is my favorite fruit the 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 live action style really just didn't gel with me it, it feels very strange. It reminds me of all things uh, the Foo Fighters Everlong music video where it's got these weird uh, hillbilly kind of characters with oversized um, pompadours. And they it, it's just, I can't make sense of it. I don't like it. The humor doesn't hit with me. I just, I don't know what to do with it.
1: Well, For for me, and, and mine are, are much shorter. Uh, for my honorable mentions, I only really have one. Uh, Because the the ones I remember the most are the ones, I mean, they're the the big five. Uh, But uh, honorable mention is uh, the girl with her head coming off. And for nothing more than just, I really like that animation style. Mm -hmm. And I wish that they found a way to do more of those. I would have liked to have seen that uh, surface a bit more. I I really like that. And, And that's all I have to say for my honorable mention. My, my dishonorable mention, which, which, uh yes, Angela Anaconda, but everyone's going to have beef <laughs> with that one. Don't
0: even say her name. No!
1: But uh I don't <laughs> care for the Henry and June segments. Hot uh, and, no. take. And, and, and whoa. And I'll tell you why. This was right around a time when I started to notice especially in kid shows and just about every other show, girls were constantly besting boys in everything. And it that was really bothering me. And, and you would see it a lot because the boys would usually show off and be an arrogant little pompous punk, and then the girls would put them in their place. And it happened all the time. And it was bothering me because there's no real cool... Guy characters, which is why whenever I found James Bond, just a, a year later, I was like, okay, and that now, now I'm hooked on action movies. Why can't you just be a good boy and die? You first. But for especially kid shows uh, at 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 the mid '90s and on. And even today, it's still going on, especially with uh, TV sitcoms. There's really no good male role model figures. And I always felt bad for for Henry. Uh, I, I just wanted to see an even amount of... Him besting June and and June besting him, I, I would totally be on board with that, but that's not how it went.
0: June sort of gets the better of Henry all the time, so she's more controlled, but but more mischievous person in the pair.
1: And and that bothered me a lot whenever I was uh, in in elementary school, and I'm not going to lie, still bothers me quite a bit. So so and it's it's that reason only why I'm like I I don't and and I like the Henry and June pilot. Uh, because that was not going on, and and it was actually a very very fun segment. Yes, bad things happened to both characters on the pilot, but it wasn't at each other. It just happened to be the circumstances they were put in, and I could get behind that. But uh, just just the constant constant berating of Henry, I was like, okay, now I'm I, I can't do that.
2: Yeah, I I totally relate to that, and uh, sometimes I wonder if uh, you know those those up and coming tropes or whatever you want to call them in the 90s uh, affected our culture today where uh you know males have been diminished to or watered down to a joke rather than someone to admire for their character and virtue and yeah that definitely bothers me too because i feel like we just kind of been left out in the dust uh for the sake of uh i don't know i'm not trying to be political here but i feel like White American males are the forgotten minority now, now that all the minorities are getting all the attention.
1: Which they need. Yeah, And they deserve.
2: And I understand that's totally justified because they didn't get as much representation in previous decades. And they fought many wars and uh, civil activist movements to uh, get their just due attention. But uh, at the same time, I, I I wish that it didn't have to come at the sacrifice of... Kind of stripping down the modern millennial male's power, for lack of a better word, really just more like uh, not masculinity, just I don't know, someone, the the essence that makes us respectable.
1: Mm, yeah, the, the it's been whittled down to a joke. Yeah. N- nothing more than a punchline, and that 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 very very much bothers me. Yeah. But that being said. <laughs> Uh, Zach, what is your honorable and dishonorable mentions?
0: Um, dishonorable mentions is not to be named. <laughs>
2: we already <laughs> went there. I think I had enough all, vitriol all, for the three of us. Yes.
0: Uh, honorable mentions. I have raced rabbit down, which I thought was pretty funny for a one-off little bit. Um, an, another cool mention. Kablam season two, episode five tastes like pepper. They actually take the mayor from Action League and put him in the Kablam comic. And so he, he shows up in, in the comic and takes it over from Henry and June. He's like, I'm running the show now. And then like they have him dancing. He's doing like the leg cross thing and he's doing all these weird dances. It was cool to see Action League characters in Kablam, the comic book, which they did a couple times. There also was one with where Girl. like Yeah, there was one with Henry where he wants to meet Thundergirl, she shows up, and then they do like a cutaway one where it's like, let's go to the flesh
2: and... uh, Meltman, yes, Yes. it's for the award ceremony in uh, episode 13.
0: Yeah, live via satellite, or they did that one, but this one in particular where they have the mayor taking over the comic book, I had never seen before, and I thought that was really cool what they did, and it was cool to see the mayor like doing all these weird dance moves and stuff because he's not very articulated. So like as far as dancing goes, he can't, but, uh, the way they animated him, it, it was cool. Like it was different. And, uh, I definitely, definitely like that. Definitely worth checking out.
2: I'm sure they made a special, uh, puppet for that occasion so that he could do more. You know,
0: they just, movement. what they did was like, they took the regular figure, took pictures of him and then like cut him out. Cut oh, out I joints. see. Yeah. So it's kind of like, a.
2: Paper cutout animation,
0: exactly. Yeah. It's exactly like that. But yeah, okay. it, it was very cool to see because they didn't do that in Action League. Like this was just the Kablam animation on its own that they worked him into. But that was that was fun to see.
2: Yeah, I, I really like Kablam for taking risks with its creativity. Um, it, time and time again, it, it never ceases to surprise me what they come up with as, with their episodes. Whether it's like sometimes
0: it backfires a little bit though. Did you hear about that? There was that one uh, Kafan episode. You know what I'm talking about. Uh. It's, Ka- it's Kablam. It's called Kafun Is the name of the episode, and it ended up on, it ended up on a banned episode list because uh, Henry and June have a knockoff in China. It's like a Chinese uh, Kablam knockoff called Kafun <laughs> and they show footage of Kafan, and it's like, you know, Asian June like full on with like the the hair and you know everything stereotypical. very stereo, stereotypical june and then henry's regular henry and so then it cuts back to them and she's like you did that show and he's like they told me it was going to be somebody different i didn't know it was going to be you so it was henry in the chinese version
2: also. <laughs> that's and, a fun uh, twist i know we're supposed to end the show on an up note and all but check out these tv listings from japan they're ripping us off big time it's KaFun, Where cartoons and comics crash into each other? Mm. You've got to be kidding.
0: Get this, they have a segment called Action
1: League Soon. And how about Prometheus and Yoshi? Oh man, listen to who the hosts are. Herman and Jan. What's
2: this world coming to? Hey, if anybody out there from that other network is watching, and I'm sure you are, Here's a word for you. It's called integrity. Look it up. You tell them, Henry. What do you say we roll a clip of this copycat and see just how lame it is? Really? But that's what they want us to do. We're playing right into their hands. The truth shall set us free, Henrik. Hey, Kafutters! I'm Jan. And this is a little something we call cup fun. You are so ca-dead. You think that's me? I don't see the resemblance. How about now? They told me it would be different, I swear. Ow! I was set up! Ow, that hurts!
0: Funny premise, doesn't really hold up today or, you know, wouldn't really
2: fly, but
0: it was funny. (laughs) I liked it.
2: Alrighty. Well, I think that'll do it for our uh, Top 5 Kablam Shorts. Um, Let's just move right on to our next segment because uh, we got some VHS tapes to watch. It's been a while since we've done Retro Replay, but I figured we'd do it for old times' sake since we're talking about something so nostalgic. So, let's let's roll the tapes for Retro Replay. Retro, 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 retro. Retro Replay! Alrighty, so for uh, Retro Replay, Alex is going to take the helm today, and I'm going to try my hand to see how much uh, Kablam knowledge I have stored in my head from all these years, along with Zach. So uh, let's find out by checking out some of these clips from various Kablam episodes.
1: Alright, This first one is very short, and by short I mean it is only like three seconds, so I'm actually going to back this up just a touch more. Uh, so, the question is, what happened when Bob threw the bowling ball? Kalupi! Was- <laughs> oh,
2: you have multiple choice?
1: No, I don't.
2: Okay. Kalupi!
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, Brett?
2: Um, Bob throws the bowling ball, and I think it crashes into the spaceship and somehow causes the tape to short circuit?
1: No. No, that's not what, uh, what what happened in the in the clip when he threw the bowling ball up in the air.
2: I remember hearing a crash and then the the camera short circuited.
1: Yeah, the the I'll take that. The, the the rock hit the hit the camera. Okay. So cool. That, I
0: was going to say two points. I was going to say it landed on Meltman.
2: That'd be a fun crossover. (laughs) Action League, Prometheus. But then, suddenly,
1: though not surprisingly, Rangel's beautiful brain goes dead. I want to be a dentist. And then it comes alive again. And with the kind of
0: speed you only see in cartoons, the little freaks prepare to launch themselves directly into the lair of the evil. Haberdasher.
2: Wait!
1: All right, so your question is, for two points, what profession does Brangle say he wants to be when his brain dies? Henry. <laughs> yes, Cabret? <laughs> uh, he wants to be a dentist? He wants to be a dentist! That is two points, two more points. Four points for you. Cool. All right, let's go to season three, episode dos.
0: Up there!
1: The opal! Opal schmopple. We must get the mummy back into her sarcophagus and then recite the incantation. Okay, make me your best offer.
0: <laughs> I got it! Keep away from King Tut! Got it! You want it tape head?
1: Go get it! <laughs> oh, uh, Tajur. I am. Now he can sleep another three thousand years. All right. Question one: What happens to the mayor when he is confronted by the mummy? Uh, cut flesh. <laughs> Cabret. Uh,
2: the mayor is blown up by mummy laser vision.
1: Uh, he he gets zapped. Yes. Okay. So that's two more points for you. And and this last one is is it's very very simple. It's very difficult. I don't know if you can handle this. It's a yes or no question. Does Bill put the mummy back in the sarcophagus? Yeah. Hey! Zach gets too board. the words? board. Sorry, I was having a brain fart there. Ochi! Ochi!
2: Ouchies! Yeah. First one to blink loses. Ready? Set. Stare! I have to warn you were practically unbeatable. Aw, oh, man, shoot.
1: I'm out. Loser. Uh-oh. I-, I-, I got a tinkle.
0: Gee, too bad. Guess that means you... Be
1: right back. Wow. She's good. Question is What happens when Henry and June are doing a staring contest with the viewers and June has to tinkle?
2: She sticks her eyes on the screen. Dang. I was trying to think of a cub word to buzz in and you beat me to it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That is absolutely right. Brett is at six points and Zach is at four. So we have a possibility of a tied game if Zach gets this last question
2: through being afraid. In this life, you just got to dive in. Head first. No. 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 Ah!
1: And your final question is, what happens to Fondue after he shoots himself out of his clean room? Ka sniz <laughs> K-Fondue? <laughs> Ka chocolate
2: um, He lands in the city dump, and he is covered in filth on his back.
1: He falls into the dump, that which leaves a final score of Brett with eight and Zach with four.
2: Good awesome, job, Seth. you're wrought up. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping the, the little girl with the giant bow would smack him in the sandbox. <laughs> yeah. Cool, that was a close one. Nice job, bro. You too, Zach. Alrighty, let's pop this VHS tape out and uh, close the comic books for today because I too have to tinkle after being in front of the screen for a long time. <laughs> so here's our closing question, Slimesters. Did Kablam ever inspire you to find and watch other animated shorts on TV? Perhaps you went to Liquid Television or Cartoon Sushi or even What a Cartoon Show in the 90s. If you have done that, email us at spyattack2021 at gmail.com. Or you can DM us on Instagram at spyattackpodcast. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel at spyattackpodcast. Or just interact with us wherever you find us on social media, mainly Instagram and YouTube. Patreon, too, if you happen to be there as a gaggoid. You know, we'd love to hear them from you. So share your memories.
0: Let us know in the comments,
2: Gekkoi. Yeah, what the mayor said. <laughs> yeah. Before we head out, I also want to give a couple of shout outs uh, that are Kablamer related. So our first one is a shout out to Kablamer1992 on YouTube for making many of these hard to find shorts available, including the Lava comp- compilation that I mentioned earlier so thank you kablammer1992 hopefully you're watching our show and uh you get the recognition that you deserve because it's really awesome yes uh also want to give a shout out to ryan Towell of classic nick who also wrote to us in a past Mona's mailbag letter for providing super cuts of each kablam season on youtube you're doing fantastic work for the 90s community so you too deserve praise thank you ryan
1: and also, thank you, Zach, for coming out for this episode and, and joining us again uh, last time you were here for a Patreon exclusive. So we're glad that we got to get you in for our main timeline episode and for showing us all these awesome things that you've amassed and created. It's so awesome. So, yes.
2: I saw this. I saw this and Ooh. I thought about you, Will. Yes. We got we to do a game on with that or at least a yes. I, 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 It's I, got I your name on it if you're ever in the area. Awesome.
1: Yes. Thank you, Zach, so much for coming out and joining us for this episode. It's been a blessing. Uh,
0: Thank you guys. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it.
2: Yeah. You're a good buddy of ours and we'd love to have you again for either more Kablam or anything else that uh, tickles your fancy. I know you're a lot of fun. You're an You afraid of the dark fan. So I'm sure we can squeeze you in there somewhere. Oh yeah. (laughs) Until then, Alex, will you scrape the slime off the wall for us, please? I've got to help snooze and fondue build a ramp for their motorcycle so tall that they'll drive right into the moon.
1: I go, Captain. Now, while you do that, I'm going to help Loopy fight off an invasion of appliances congregating in the basement with Larry's stereo system. Wish me luck.
2: Well, if you need backup, I'll call Prometheus and Bob. I'm sure they can lend a hand. Uh, Woo! (laughs) Congratulations, Slimesters. Bye.